0: In crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, ABS, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto Gonzo, also known as Super G, is joining us. And we have a founder of the Sin City YouTube channel. And the newest honorary member of our 3T family, David of Sin City, is joining us today. So I am very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Ripple is hosting a meeting to discuss the use cases for the Digital Pound Foundation, as Visa's CEO tells the company's shareholders, blockchain and digital payments are here to stay. China is launching a competitor to Swift Settlement System, as the SEC's Commissioner Hester Pierce is the latest government official to criticize Gary Gensler and his regulation by enforcement telling the world it will take 400 years to regulate crypto at this pace. The largest banking institutions on the planet are creating a digital wallet ecosystem. We ask our special guests to break down the details, showing our community how this digital transformation is once in a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Johnny Crypto, we got a very, very special guest in the building today. But also, we've got some great news prepared as Bank of America, J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo are coming into the crypto space. But before we dive into that, how you feeling this morning, my friend? Thank you for being here.
1: Uh, i'm feeling great i always get super excited when we get to that live part but first of all let me start like i always do good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there i love you guys appreciate you guys for showing up every single day super excited to see gonzo with that great hair, you know, George Clooney would definitely be jealous, Gonzo. And we have a special guest today. Can't wait to hop into it with, with Dave from Sin City. So let's get this party started.
0: Awesome, guys. And I know there was a little bit of confusion in the beginning of the episode. That is not George Clooney. That's our good friend, Gonzo, joining us today. Gonzo, always happy to have you. How are you feeling, my friend?
2: I'm feeling great, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. You know, just feeling very grateful, you know, at the opportunity to, uh, to be a content creator. And, you know... We find these other channels and these other content creators, and we kind of talk to them on Twitter and we get to see them on YouTube. So it's just really awesome when we get to meet them in person and get them on the show. So it's going to be a great show and just, you know, feeling very grateful
0: to be here. Awesome, David. And I'm really excited to have you today. Watched a bunch of your content, and it's always exciting to connect with like-minded individuals. I want to remind you the mute button is muted right now, so I don't have to remind you later. But thank you for being here. Always excited to have you on the show. How are you feeling, my friend?
3: Uh, So I'm muted. I got to. Oh, there we go. Uh, I'm feeling great, man. Uh, I am so excited to be here. I love you guys' energy. Um, And so uh, I know Gonzo reached out and uh, we're very grateful to collab with other uh, people in our space. So I'm excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome, and we're excited to have you, David. It's always exciting to connect with people who share similar sentiment. We're going to dive into the show the same way we Mm -hmm. always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. Johnny Crypto, we look at the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index. We are at a neutral 51. Let's not bore the people and get right into some of these daily movers today. Overall, it is a red day, but we've got Aptos up 20%. How are you operating, Johnny? Any comments on the red day in the market today? Uh, Mute button, Johnny Crypto.
1: I love me the red days. You know that. I don't buy. I don't like green, but I love the red days because the red days is where we are always potentially buying opportunities. However, I don't like buying in the neutral zone. As I always say, on the fear and greed index, for all you guys out there, you already know what I'm going to say. When you see fear, you replace that with the word buy. And you see greed, you replace it with the word sell. You see neutral, ah, I kind of sit and wait. I don't really buy in these time zones. I'm waiting, you know, DCAing. Only when I'm in the fear or extreme fear zone. So for me, you know, everybody's talking about all these pumps here and there. And the reality is, Abs, I'm not that excited about it right now. You know, we got a long way to go before we can see all-time highs again. And uh, I'm not I'm not one of those guys that day trades. So for me, it's okay. It's cool. But I, I'd like to
0: see us go back in the fear zone one more time. 100%, Johnny Crypto. And we're going to dive into it later in the episode. But we're going to dive into the total coin market cap now. We're sitting at $1.02 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 42% dominance. Ethereum is 18%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 22500 Ethereum is 1500 XRP is $0.40. Cardano is $0.35. And we're going to scroll down to one of our favorites. Quant Network is $152 this morning. David, I'd love to give you the floor. How you've been operating during 2022 in particular. This past year was brutal for anybody who's new to this market. When did you first get involved in crypto? And how did you operate during 2022? We know for most of us, it was a difficult year.
3: Yeah, twenty twenty two. I laid in bed under my blanket with a cup of tea and crying, watching airplane crash videos. Just kidding. Um, look, if it's your first bear market, this is completely normal. You get the you get the uh, year round FUD every four years. The same narrative: Bitcoin is bad, crypto is bad. It's going to bring down the financial system. And so, what you want to do at that time, instead of leaving the space, what a that's CBDC is not good. I can't wait to get into the CBDC topic here, but. Um, well-
1: you, what you'll realize is that's the narrative that, the, that we know the big boys right. want us to believe. That's what we say all the time on this show. Sorry. Continue. Didn't mean to interrupt you.
3: No, you're good. And it's hundred percent true, man. But um, again, we're going to see BDCs here in a minute. Uh, but as far as the market, um, what I see a lot of people do, especially if you're on YouTube, you see viewership start to drop during bear markets. And so people are tuning out. That's when you should be tuning in. You should be tuning into who's building in the space. What new projects are coming up? Uh, who's getting partnerships. I mean, you look at a, a project like Polygon through last year, they continue to make a uh, partnership after partnership with some of the biggest names in traditional finance and the traditional markets. And so uh, that's what I would be doing. And then that way you position yourself to, yeah, exactly. Uh, that way you position yourself when the next bull run comes, uh, you know exactly where projects to get into and, uh, you know, make some life-changing money.
0: Awesome, guys. And we got 156 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We got Sin City in the building, and we're going to touch all the crypto projects you guys are interested in. We may as well start with Polygon since you brought it up here, David. Polygon is one of the biggest companies when it comes to growth during 2022. Partnerships with Starbucks, Nike, Reddit, Meta, DraftKings, and even Disney's accelerator program, put this blockchain in one of the best positions leading into 2025. I'd love to give you the open floor again. What are some of the projects that you're most bullish on between now and the next bull run? And how do you feel about Polygon in particular?
3: Uh, Polygon is definitely at the top of that list. Uh, you know, we talk about Polygon all the time. Um, Polygon, uh, you know, Vitalik has come out and said, even after ETH goes a proof of stake, uh, he would like to see a majority, if not all, of the transactions that happen on layer twos and who's the number one layer two for the number one smart contract platform and that's polygon and uh not only that but they're essentially now also a layer one and so they're fast they're efficient they got a great team behind them their tokenomics are great they have great utility and these partnerships they're making is amazing another one i'm really excited about uh is cardano i've been a big cardano fan you know the news about their uh, Their network going down, which wasn't really a a network outage. It was more like slow block producing time as I believe it was 50% of the nodes went offline. But to me, that was a net positive for Cardano. Because you look at what happens, uh, if that were to happen to Solana, what you would see is you would see the network shut down. They pull the plug and then they restart, plug it back in. With Cardano, it's so decentralized. It's one of the most decentralized layer ones. Um, They were able to just let things play out and the nodes started to come back online. Blocks weren't stopped being produced. Uh, and so those are my two of my favorite projects. Obviously, Bitcoin, ETH, uh, XRP. Don't, need, don't need really tell you guys about that. But
0: awesome, guys. And we got 180 live listeners, Gonzo. Check out this breaking news and this statistic we have here Bitcoin is now worth more than every banking institution on the world by market capitalization. Wells Fargo is 170 billion, ICB's 219, Bank of America's 267, J.P. Morgan's 406, and we got our favorite Bitcoin sitting there at 435 billion dollars, and that's during a bear market, Gonzo. So, before we get into our articles for today, do you have any comments on what David had to say, and how do you feel about this Bitcoin statistic? Is this why Jamie Dimon is so worried?
2: Uh, I think it is, Abs. You know, when you look at the total market cap, it's bigger than most companies. I think it's even bigger than Tesla. I think it's already surpassed Tesla. So uh, they're absolutely scared of it. But as far as what Dave is saying, yeah, I think going into the next bull run, I think layer twos is going to be a very strong narrative. We've been talking about Polygon uh, for a while here, you know, with, with, their, with Polygon ID, with the ZK EVM, the technology to scale. But I think there's going to be other ones, other ones that haven't even come out yet. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm paying attention to. You still have Arbitrum. You have um, ZK Stark that's going to come out. So there are some that are going to start rolling out, I think, this year that are are going to be like me personally, not financial advice, that I'm going to be building positions in because I think that um, that narrative of layer twos is going to be big going into the next bull run.
0: David, we brought up this narrative yesterday, trying to prepare our listeners for some of the things we believe are going to come in the next six to 12 months. Within the next 13 months, we believe the narrative of quantum computing and quantum encrypted blockchains are going to be one of the most important things. Now, everybody's talking about ChatGPT, this new AI that was able to pass the medical licensing exam. That's a little hint of the future. It's unbelievable. The fact that that's as bad as the technology is ever going to be, we're only going up from here. I definitely think it's something to be aware of. So how do you feel about AI in particular and the narrative that quantum computing and quantum proof blockchains are going to become very important in the next 24 months?
3: Uh, look, man, I'm no developer. I'm no computer scientist. Uh, but what, what I can see from just me interacting with chat GPT, like I literally put in there, uh, I said, uh, write a poem for my wife's 10 year anniversary, include this, this, and this make her feel like I've never stopped loving her. And, and literally like I'm talking to another human being and within a matter of seconds, it spits out this like beautiful poem that I passed on as uh that I wrote myself. I she believed me, but um, as far as, you know, we hear the narrative uh, quantum computers or, or quantum something is going to be able to crack seed phrases. And that's what I'm kind of worried about. Uh, but that's, I think, still a little ways to go. And so we do have some of the smartest people, the smartest computer scientists, people in our space, the blockchain developers. I'm hoping I'm hoping that they can kind of stay ahead of that. And uh, I don't know what it looks like moving forward in two years, three years, five years. Are we going to be storing our C phrases differently? Um, So, yeah, I guess we got to wait and see.
0: I'm looking forward to the day when it's not a random code, but instead it's Johnny Crypto's XRP wallet. That way it'll be easier to get my paychecks and payments from Johnny Crypto. But I know you had a comment. (laughs) I'm only kidding, of course. The floor is yours, Johnny.
1: Well, actually, my comment was for the article prior to this one. When you go back and you look at what you said there about JP Morgan. Yeah, there. That is exactly why you continue to hear This narrative, and you will continue to hear this narrative for the next two, three, four years, as we always talk about. They are scared shitless of Bitcoin because it is literally undermines the entire banking system that they've put together. Helps people go around it, and you will just continue to hear that crypto is bad. And they're all sitting there saying, you know, Bitcoin's used for all this nefarious stuff. Meanwhile, we all know that cash is the biggest thing used for all of it. Uh, It's just hilarious, the narrative they put out there. But you're going to continue to hear that. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't stop the CBDC. It's going to come, and it's going to allow all those banks to hold on to, the, to, those, to that money that they've got and to be able to, not only that, but the, the CBDC, as we know, is going to be a more efficient system, a lower-cost system, frictionless, and it's going to improve their bottom line in the long run. So there ain't no doubt about it. You're going to continue to hear it, unfortunately, and they're going to sell you on how good it is, even though we've talked about it many, many times on on this show as to why it's bad. But, um, yeah, said, in terms of quantum... Computing, David is right. One of the things, and you guys know I am into technology, quantum computing is scary in the sense that if if we do get, and we're still many years away from that, but when they do get to there, you can theoretically crack seed codes and things like that, which does put crypto at risk. However, as you know, when there's a problem, there's always somebody working on a solution. And so somebody will be working on how do you then create encryption to be able to withstand the attack of a quantum computing. So there's always going to be I, this balance, um, you know, to, to, to get there. But, uh, but it is going to be, it's going to be, there will be, there will no doubt about it be people getting hacked at some point in time. when quantum. Yeah, a he, lot of things are going to be bad with quantum computing. You year. know, you know, Johnny, and, and I, I'm not a
2: computer expert at all, but like the research that, that I've done and looked at it, I, I think we're still kind of years away from that. Are, uh, my understanding are. is that out of, out of the whole planet, There's literally like one place where they could have a quantum computer because it has to do with a certain room temperature that they have to keep the computer in. And so I think we're kind of still far away. But like you said, Johnny, as as that technology gets better, I I think that, you know, there's the inverse where somebody comes up with with the opposite of it. Right. But I still think we're kind of years away from the quantum computer thing. Again, I'm not a computer scientist, but. Uh, I, I think I think we're we're still a few years away or a while away.
3: Can I can I ask Gonzo? Are you upset Ethereum's not on that list and Bitcoin is? Just just curious.
2: You should no, be- I'm not because I'm
3: not an <laughs> Ethereum maxi. But you know what? Let's talk in
2: 2025 because I I do think that um, in the end I think that Ethereum will have a, a bigger run than than Bitcoin will. But I mean, but I I've got Bitcoin too. I, I actually think the the layer two solutions will. Um, will do much better. It was funny because when we talked about it last year, a lot of people thought like, okay, when, when the theorem goes to proof of stake that the layer twos were, were going to go away, they're going to be obsolete. And I was like, no, absolutely not. Like part of the plan of them going to proof of stake was to work with the layer twos because they understood that they needed to scale, right? Mm-hmm. With, with the whole new updates are going to come out this year. Like the first one's going to be the Shanghai. That is just focused on the unlock mechanism. But like, it, I, I think that, them going to proof of stake is just unlocking the true full potential of all these different layer twos, and 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 it's going to be uh, it's going to be quite a thing as they they help Ethereum scale. Now they have to still pull it off, right? We're so early, but if they can pull it off, um, I think I think that people uh, are going to underestimate how, how big Ethereum can get.
0: Guys, we got 221 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I'm watching, commented saying, "Abs, keep your eyes closed. You're making me dizzy." Somebody's got to read. It's got to read these articles in the background. But before we get into these articles, I want to get a quick comment about the four-year cycles that we've all experienced since 2017 all the way through to 2023. David, I'd like to get some of your comments we all know that these markets are inevitably built to go up over time, right? So the bears, they always lose in the long-term in this market. And we're showing the Bitcoin price chart during our first four-year cycle. We got a 400X, then we got 125X, then we got a 20X. So I think it's safe to assume we're going to get about a third of that in our next cycle. We could see about a six or a seven X. I could even lowball it and say two to three X. What are your comments on the four-year cycle in particular? And how do you recommend people act? Of course, not financial advisors, not financial advice.
3: So what's interesting to me and the, and the question I want the answer to, which I don't think anyone has is if, if, uh, you know, cause we know Sam and Alameda, they were manipulating the market, right? If they weren't manipulating the price of Bitcoin, cause to me going from 20 K to 69 K is not a bull run. I uh, like, it's not a bull market to me. You, you show the graphic 400 X, 120 X, we should have seen a 30 to 40 X. And we saw a 20 X barely, we topped out, came back down just like this chart shows and we went up from what, 65 to 69,000 is the second leg of our run. Yep. You, look at, uh, you look at there, I believe it was 2014, the very first box. You saw a run up, a draw down and another massive run up. And so um, I think Alameda had a lot to do, yeah, had a lot to do with us not reaching the full potential. Uh, so what I think is in the next bull run, we might see close to a 50, 60 X in Bitcoin. But as far as like, if you're listening, what you should do, uh, Kathy Wood has a great saying, it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. Correct. And so if you continue to pay attention, you continue to watch shows like Good Morning Crypto or Sin City Crypto, um, you'll understand that it's not, it's not about timing the bottom or selling at the top. If you, if you have the right mindset and you and you're listening to the right people and looking at the right things, doing your own research, you understand when to start buying in, when to stop, and when to start taking money out. Uh, and so it's important to stay informed. That's that's the one thing I'll tell people is stay informed. And so you how many people I know that when crypto starts tanking, they they delete all their apps, they they stop listening, they stop hearing. That's they should be doing the complete opposite.
0: Johnny, what this reminds me of is a couple of weeks ago, we got news from the European central banks. They're gonna be able to allocate one to two percent of tier one capital into cryptocurrency. So when he talks about Bitcoin or some of these other larger cap currencies doing mm. a 50x. That's where the liquidity is going to come from. And I think it's a great time to dive into our next article. We got 214 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we got some great news to share with you. As Bank of America, JP Morgan, and Wells Fargo are collaborating to launch a digital wallet. And Johnny, what have we always said from day one? Cryptocurrency bad, central bank digital currency good. And that's what JP Morgan's promoting here. So big banks are collaborating to launch a digital wallet. Banks such as Bank of America, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, and four other global financial institutions are now working with Zelle to launch a digital wallet for consumers to use online. Now, what I think is so interesting about this article is it actually is creating a competitor to Apple Pay and PayPal, as opposed to working with traditional finance. I'd like to get some of your comments, Johnny, before we dive into the remainder of our article. What do you think this is? What is the larger narrative going on here why is Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, and Wells Fargo willing to start leveraging blockchain and a digital wallet?
1: Well, because they absolutely know that the technology is an improvement. It's going to be a bottom line cost improvement. It's coming. They can't stop it. And you want to be, when it comes to technologies like this, you want to be at the forefront. You want to be in the front controlling where it goes rather than trying to follow and catch up later. It makes It makes total sense to me that the, the reality is when you see news like this, this should get you very excited. Because what this means is adoption is coming. When the big companies and banks are driving it, see, people need to be told what to do. They need to see that the companies that they believe are there to protect them um, are doing this. That becomes instant validation. So when they start hearing that a JP Morgan and a Chase and a Bank of America is doing crypto and they're doing wallets, then they're going to start to say, oh, okay, this this is safe for me. I can get into this. And the bad news is you're going to get fed CBDCs and that's how they're going to do it. But So now the good news for us here is we all know, you know, we really care more about the other side of the, you know, the decentralized piece of it. Now, some portion of that hopefully will exist, coexist with this whole system. And as the tide rises, you know, all boats get lifted up. And that's why we want to make sure we've got several horses, as I say, all the time in this race. We have no idea which cryptos are going to win. But you want to make sure you're in the race so that when that does happen, two, three, five, seven, ten 10 years from now, many, many, many of us are going to be generationally wealth. We're going to change the, 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 the structure of our family wealth based on some of these investments. So you just have to be patient. That's the key. As Dave said, it's so true. Everybody I know, a lot of people were bailing. Everybody was, I think for us a little different because we're in this space and our families trust us a little bit more. So they hold on. But I know a lot of people like, oh yeah, hey, how's that crypto doing? Johnny, not so good. They love, they love throwing that fun and rubbing it in your face and like, oh yeah, I'm out. But the reality is that's okay. They just they don't understand it's very hard for people to see technology if you're not in the technology space to see where this is going. But when you are, oh baby, it's gonna be exciting times in the next five to ten years, no question about it.
2: Abs, it says digital wallet, but I mean, does it refer to blockchain though? Because it seems like they would have a closed system, right? I mean, I'm surprised that they let like Apple Pay and, and, um, and uh, Apple Pay and uh, what's the other one? Um, PayPal PayPal. runs so long without getting involved, right? Because, uh, you know, because if it's a closed system, then it's not really blockchain, right? It's nothing decentralized. Um, And I I think it has to be a block. A, a closed system because that's how they're going to feed us cbdcs right yeah so I, I i think that um you know we have to be careful as far as like when it says digital wallets you know they're trying to jump into that whole kind of blockchain terminology but if it's a closed system right like zell or whatever then it really isn't blockchain it really isn't crypto right it's whatever their system that they create and then that's how they slide in the cbdc right so
0: just my in- thoughts David, I'd love to kick it back to you here, and I'm going to throw a lot in your direction, so just be ready. We always talk about how for universal basic income to come into effect, we first need digital wallets, then we need central bank digital currencies, and then we'll get universal basic income. My personal opinion is the advancement of AI is going to replace a massive amount of jobs, specifically in first world countries. You're talking about AI being able to be a lawyer better than the average person, a doctor. Many of the jobs that we consider would never be replaced are five years away from being obsolete. So I don't think it's a coincidence that JP Morgan is gearing people up and getting them ready for a digital wallet. I'd like to get your opinion here. What do you think about this move and the fact that this is one step closer to a central bank digital currency?
3: Um, Well, you, you guys nailed it on the head. Digital wallets are coming. They're here. CBDCs are coming. They're almost here. Um, here's what's interesting to me is, uh, you know, one of the, one of the companies I mentioned is PayPal, right? And you can buy and hold, uh, crypto in your PayPal. Um, can you guys see a scenario where it, it, like, like Gonzo mentioned, it is a closed system, but you're able to custody your crypto in the digital wallet that JP Morgan Chase creates. Yep. I mean, if you look at it, if you're, if you're the CEO of JP Morgan Chase, you understand you're not stupid, right? Jamie diamond is not stupid. He might be a little ignorant but he's not stupid so he understands crypto and blockchain are coming and it's coming in the sector that he has made a name in so it's a perfect opportunity now with all the exchanges with ftx collapsing voyager collapsing blockfi there's a bad rap right now for centralized entities that custody people's crypto and so there is a void there and what better way to fill that void for jp morgan chase to come out and say hey guys We got a digital wallet. You can keep your bank money in there. You can use Zelle through there. You can pretty much use it like Apple Pay. And now we can hold your Bitcoin and Ethereum and all your tokens in there as well. And so if you think about the average user, and and in my opinion, this is a net positive for, for mainstream adoption and growth in our space. Whether you love banks or hate banks, you got to understand the majority of people want ease of use. And so if I can open up my Chase account and see my checking, my savings, my, uh, my investment account, and then my crypto account, 95% of people are going to do that. And so even though this is good in the space, for people like us who understand self-custody is the way to go, uh, it's not something we would use, but I can definitely see uh, these large banks, JP Morgan and, and the rest of them you named in this article, coming out and essentially helping you custody your crypto, and uh, which would be a net positive for us moving forward. And Gonzo, um, as far as CBDCs, uh, I, I'm I'm not a CBDC fan. I can go on all day on CBDCs.
0: <clears throat> I look forward to getting into it later in the conversation. We have our best article we are saving for last as Ripple's hosting a central bank digital currency conference in the UK today, which is really, really exciting. But Gonzo, just to close us out on this segment here, we know that JP Morgan was currently building on Onyx, which is built off of Ethereum. But we've also heard rumors that JP Morgan is currently working on tokenizing traditional assets on the Stellar blockchain. So, just to close us out, what do you think about those connections to Ethereum and Stellar, and what do you believe J.P. Morgan's truly doing here? Are we going to have the opportunity to profit by buying Ethereum, or is this going to be an isolated blockchain? Um, I, I think what, I think they're
2: going to have to use different ones, right? Because with Ethereum, like we said, we're, we're still early. We still need a lot of the upgrades. They're not able to scale, and so that hasn't come yet. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, they they keep Ethereum in the background, and they move on to something like XLM to create their CBDCs. Because remember, all the central banks are all different. So they're all going to use kind of different tech to build whatever they want to their specifications. So you could have Ripple, you could have XLM, you could have Ethereum, right? Uh, it all kind of remains to be seen how it plays out. But in just my opinion is I, I think it's going to be a lot different. But like going back to the original point, of like, just like what David said, he's spot on. It's the stuff that Coach JV's been talking about for like, what, a year and a half, two years? and We kind of reiterated that he's been saying, your banks are going to custody your crypto. And he's 100% right with that. They're absolutely going towards that.
0: Guys, we got 251 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is a great quote from Brad Garlinghouse and Chris Larson when talking about their dispute with the SEC. Chris, uh, Brad Garlinghouse said, Chris Larson and I have the option to settle separately. We could do that and it would have been behind us, but that's how confident Chris and I are that we are right and we will aggressively fight to prove our case against the SEC. I'd love to just get some quotes from Hester Pierce as well. So this is a fellow SEC commissioner, somebody who works right alongside Gary Gensler. SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce says the regulator's current approach would take 400 years before crypto could be regulated properly. And what I think her overall point is here is that we are moving like a turtle. It's turtle versus the hare. We've got China, European nations. We've got the UAE adopting cryptocurrencies. But here we are in the United States taking one of the most prominent projects and putting them in the jail chamber or in the annex chamber. So I'd like to get some of your thoughts, David. Hester Pierce is criticizing her own agency. What is this? Is this controlled opposition or is she being honest?
3: you know uh rob and i my co-hosts we talk about this all the time i like to give her the benefit of the doubt uh he thinks that they're just playing good cop bad cop and they're they're there to serve one thing and that's the securities and exchange commission to which gary gensler is the head of i wouldn't be surprised if she came in there let's say gary leaf she comes in there and and rug pulls us just like gary did after teaching an mit course or a, a blockchain course at mit but that's the problem and it's so sad because the U.S. is touted as the global leader in finance and the global leader in military and global leader. But we are so far behind because our politicians here can't agree on a freaking thing. It's all about who wants to be right, who's wrong, how much money is getting paid to get uh, for these politicians to be lobbied. And so, yeah, uh, a if Gary Gensler's is there or we don't get some sort of committee or regulatory body that understands crypto and knows how to let it grow, but also... You know, make sure the, the the bad actors in the space, like Sam Bankman fried aren't able to do what they've been doing. Yeah, at this pace, it's going to take 400 years. Uh, but but actually, I, I have confidence that moving forward, you see a lot more politicians nowadays becoming a, a warming up to cryptocurrency. Um, and so, I think that trend is going to continue, especially as old the the older generation politicians come out and the younger ones come in. Um, it might take a little bit of time, but but hey, uh, if you stick around, it'll be worth it.
0: Johnny, interestingly enough, the UAE's Minister of Finance says that crypto will play a major role in the UAE trade going forward. Well, this man right here just last week was sitting next to Brad Garlinghouse at a conference that they were calling Finding the Right Balance for Crypto during Davos 2023. So right after this meeting, he went and he gave some speeches to the media, and he told them that the UAE is not only excited about crypto – they think it's a necessity. So I'd like to get some of your comments. Do you think there's a connection there? Brad Garlinghouse sitting next to this man. One week later, he's saying crypto is essential.
1: Oh, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we all know that the rest of the world is moving forward with the agenda. We also know that the U.S., who is the number one innovator in the world, has decided to take a back seat. We talk about it all the time. There's a bigger agenda at play here. None of us know it, so I'm not going to come out and say I do. But we obviously, Powell came out and told us two years ago, hey, we're going to move slow on this. There was your signal right then. We, we And we've known that for all this time. We will not be the leaders in crypto. We will no longer lead. We will follow. We already know who's leading, right? China's so far in front of us. They've already got the CBDCs out there. They're testing it in 30, what is it, 30 cities? How many How many people already tested and using it in China? 260 million. Yeah, there you go. 260 million people. The social credit score is already being used, right? The whole system's out there. They'll put it in place, and then we'll just follow along with it. Not to the degree China does, but, but, but it's already it's in. That's the plan, right? We are not going to be leading any of this. We know we've taken a back seat, and and again, there's obviously some additional agenda behind this whole SEC lawsuit and why it's taking two years to do that, and Nexo settles in one day. I mean, come on. Come on. Like I said, if it smells like a fish and it flops like a fish, something's damn fishy around here, abs. But um, You're I like that fish. Per- yeah, that's right. I think at the end of the day, uh, you will see the rest of the world moving forward to it. Adoption is going to be good. We want to see that happening. The U.S. Will, will unfortunately follow and not lead in this game. But the reality, again, it doesn't matter. What matters is you're watching shows like this and shows like Sin City and understanding where the use case and utilities are and making sure you're putting some of those, what you believe, and you only, because we are not financial advisors, it's not financial advice. You have to decide what you think is the best case, use case utility, crypto's out there. And you want to put some of those in your bag and bring them with you for the next 5, 10, 15, even 20 years. I mean, you guys know the story. I don't have to tell you again about Amazon, what I did in you know 1997.
2: Well, well, Dave, Dave hasn't heard that story, J- Johnny. You should tell yeah, him that story. Tell <laughs> him the story. It's
1: painful, so, yeah. Salt so, in I, the well, wound. Yeah, so, so back in, I don't know, 97, 2001, whatever the hell it was, I bought Amazon for $17. It went up to 27. I sold it for $10 profit. I was happy to pick and shit. Thought I was a great trader. And, you know, here we 20 years later <laughs> at $3,300, I would have known any year because I'd be a multimillionaire and, and the game would have been over. So the, the lesson I tell everybody here is you don't know what you're sitting on. And it could take, you know, it took Amazon 20 years to get to 3300 So the point is you want to have an exit plan. You want to make sure that when you get into this stuff, as they start to go up, you want to sell some of it. You want to take profits on the way, but you also want to bring someone with you. Long-term, because some of these are going to, like I say, they're going to change our lives. They're going to be generational
0: wealth changing. Guys, we're about to get into an article about Ripple hosting a panel on the Digital Pound Foundation and a lot of the beta testing that's going on today. But before we get into that, we're going to show you the smartest way to track your crypto. So, Johnny Merlin, here we go. Have you gotten wrecked in the Have you? This guy. Stop clicking the button. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for early access for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. So for anybody who's not privy to our product, the smartest way to track your crypto is Merlin the Crypto Wizard. And what it allows you to do is create an exit strategy, but not only create an exit strategy, you can get some unique insight into other people's exit strategies, but I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to reveal yet, Johnny Crypto. So we're gonna dive into, actually, I'm gonna give you the floor and then we'll dive into our next article.
1: Yeah, so you know, again, as we're trying to do here, folks, is create, we know that in this space, you wanna make sure you've got a way to know what's going on in your crypto. And we'll probably have an exit plan. Click on the link below, sign up, get on the waitlist for the 30 day free trial. We should be launching it sometime this quarter. So we're super excited about it. We're getting close. Click on the link. Don't, don't miss out getting on that waitlist and have yourself a way to track your crypto.
0: Awesome, guys. And we're going to dive into our next article as we've got Ripple hosting a panel on the digital pound and why it's going to be essential to implement in European nations going forward. Ripple's predictions for 2023 is that central bank digital currencies are going to become one of the largest trends in the global markets. One country where Ripple has been very active is the United Kingdom. On January 26th, the vice president of central bank engagements and CBDCs at Ripple will deliver a keynote webinar addressing the potential use cases and benefits of implementing a digital pound. So for anybody who didn't know, the panel is hosted by the Digital Pound Foundation, which Ripple officially joined in October of 2021, which I'd like to point out is 10 months, I believe, after the lawsuit was filed by the SEC. The panel is going to focus on what benefits central bank digital currencies offer. A number of people are currently practicing and using a central bank digital currency, and they will speak and discuss with a panel of experts Where CBDCs and privately issued stablecoins can achieve a lot of the goals they're trying to in this space. And one of the quotes I liked so much within this article was that they believe this sector is going to be driven by private companies. Now, anybody knows a lot of the decentralized blockchains that exist today are considered private companies in the private sector. David, I'd like to get some of your opinions here. What do you believe the impact is going to be of the XRPL on central bank digital currencies? And is this news worth watching? Do you think we will get central bank digital currencies launched within this ecosystem?
3: Uh, Yeah. I mean, you look at XRPL, you look at other projects like Quant, uh, you know, you could look at Hedera or Algorand. Um, A lot of people believe it's not just going to be one blockchain, like just say, like just XRP. They believe it's going to be multiple ones. Uh, But, you know, here's the beauty of XRP. Even though they're tied up in a lawsuit here in the U.S., Uh, they're still operating across the globe. That's the beauty of crypto in general is it's borderless. Um, But as far as CBDCs, man, uh, they're going to pitch you what's gravy about CBDCs and uh, everyone's going to have equal this. But uh, let me tell you how much power CBDCs are going to give to the central bank, to the governments. Uh, But there's nothing we can do about it. What I'm fearful of, though, is uh, people start getting, and and in my opinion, this is going to affect more of the lower and middle income people who receive maybe government benefits or receive a uh, big tax returns. You know, if you start getting those in CBDCs and then next thing, you know, they say, uh, well, you can only spend that money on this, 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 and this because they have autonomous control of the supply. So essentially what happens with the CBDC is, is everyone, every single person who has a digital wallet with the CBDC has a direct account with the fed, with the central bank of whatever country. Uh, and so that's never good. It takes away privacy. And, um, I don't know, man. I don't know how you could be in the crypto space and be excited for CBDCs. Uh, you know what, David?
0: That. Let me try to make the use case or at least the case as to why. A lot of the people who are in our live chat right now, the 250 live listeners, they are the exception to the rule. What I think a lot of people are going to do is wait for JP Morgan and Bank of America to roll out these products where a lot of your listeners and a lot of our listeners, hopefully we can invest in the infrastructure and profit off of the rollout of these new technologies. And that's why I think it's so important to talk about. We are 100% not an advocate of central bank digital currencies or universal basic income. But what we are advocates for is making money for the people that we love and care about. And a lot of them are in the live chat right now. So that's just my two cents. Not an advocate for this technology, but I think it's inevitable. And hopefully we can get some of our warriors to profit. You know, by the
3: way- We have no no good- if no goods gonna come out of the technology, at least uh, we can make some money off it, right?
1: That's exactly how. Exactly. We're by the way, you forgot two key words there, Dave. Not, not only two other things you can do: one, they can put a time limit on it so it expires, and two, they can tell you where, yep. where they don't want you to spend it by saying, like, "Oh, you can't buy here, but you can only buy there." You gotta love it, That's what I'm that, Ronnie, yeah. This is
0: something that you taught me as well. What they can do is actually remove the ability to save your money, so they can make yep. money that expires. Right now, I know no, there's people no, they can that. They I got money that. under their mattress from their <laughs> grandparents. That's not going to be the case in 20 years, Johnny Floor's yours.
1: That's exactly right. You could you could put your ledger wallet under your mattress, but it ain't gonna matter when it expires. And that's and that's gonna be the, the whole thing. They got you by the by, by the Paulines at the end of the day. Once this comes out, it's you know pretty much game over. Because now, if you want your UBI, right, you're basically selling your freedoms for whatever peanuts they're gonna throw you, you know, in, through a CBDC. And you know what's sad? Eighty to ninety percent of the people are going to be happy to end the pig picking shit. Who isn't happy to get free money, right? Because yeah. people think there's there's such thing of free money, which free money. there isn't. There is no such thing. We all know what that means. The more you print, the less it's worth. But nobody gets that. People don't care. They just want to be late. Like Dave said earlier, people are lazy. They don't want to work. They don't want to do nothing. They want to be handed free stuff. And so that's where we're headed. This will be the basis of of doing it. And you're going to pay the price of the fact that okay, they're going to say, hey, you get so much per month, but it expires. And oh, by the way. I don't like what you said the other day on social media. So you just got 20% less. So not only is expired apps, they're even gonna penalize you and you're gonna get less of it. So it's yeah, it's there's there's really nothing good about it, but you're not gonna hear that side of the story. You're gonna hear how great it is and how wonderful it is. It's, it's fast and efficient and quick. You 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 you're gonna hear about inclusion, right? Inclusion,
2: bank to bank list. You're gonna hear all those narratives.
1: And by the way, at Gaza, you won't have to wait till Friday to get your paycheck. You're gonna get it today. You'll get it every single day. Hey, you work your eight hours. Boom, you get paid today. They're gonna they're gonna spin that so bitch around so it smells like roses.
0: Meanwhile, look below it. It's gonna be a pile of shit back there. And just to add a little detail, David, one of the things that we witnessed in October of 2022 was in China. They were using facial recognition protocols as well as drones to automatically dox your bank account if they caught you outside out of recommended hours. Now, of course, we know that C-19 does not go out at night, so it's important for people to be out during <laughs> those hours. Now, with one of the things I actually wanted to focus on was the fact that when we implement a social credit score combined with your bank account, the Federal Reserve has basically become the new, I'm not even sure the correct word to use, the new one world government. Anybody who controls your finances controls the people. And this is taking us one step closer in that direction. To close us out on this segment here, I wanted to read you a quote from Ripple. Ripple said the company does not intend to implement this solution for every bank around the world, but is instead taking a very targeted approach. And so we know anybody who's going to start using blockchain in in these new blockchain products is going to have to move away from the traditional financial mechanisms and adopt the blockchain products. Well, We have a solution to that, which is Quant Networks, where it's actually what's considered an aggregate. So an aggregate is able to seamlessly connect with existing contracts and make it so it's interoperable with something on another blockchain. So, for example, if you had an Ethereum smart contract and you use Quant, you could make that Ethereum smart contract compatible with something on the XRPL with the Quant token being an aggregate in between. So there's plenty of solutions out there. And when you talk about there being a multi-blockchain world... I think that's just one example of the scenario that could play out. We got 272 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We got our good friend David from Sin City in the building. And anybody who hasn't checked out their YouTube channel, that's Sin City Crypto on YouTube. They put out fantastic comment. Go check that out. But David, I'd love to give you the chance to just close us out here. How do you feel about Ripple stating They're targeting individual banks instead of trying to take over the entire global market.
3: Uh... <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily buy that, right? Uh, individual bank, individual bank, and then uh, uh, it eventually moves its way up to a central banks and then the Fed, and then once the Fed gets in and then that's game over. Um, but it's kind of intriguing. Are we going to see one kind of world central bank? Kind of everything, you know, you you mentioned the interoperability that Quan offers. Uh, what what does that look like on a, on a nationwide level, right? Um, and so again, with CBDCs, here's the thing though. There are some positives that could come from CBDCs. Like if a certain region of a country of the, of the U.S. is struggling, you can lower interest rates for just that just that segment of the country, or you can boost spending in that segment. But here's the thing. Once you hand that kind of power over to the government, you're not getting any of that power back. Yep. If anything, they're going to keep clawing, and they're going to keep clawing, and then keep getting more power and more power until eventually, like what's happening in China is going to happen here. Um, And so it's scary. But but like you guys mentioned, it's coming. We literally cannot do anything about it uh, except for try to make some money on the way up and kind of essentially, you know, work our way to be our own bank.
0: And we always hear the narrative of cyber attacks are on the way. Well, here's an interesting quote from one of our listeners. They said that the Signature Bank was the bank that talked about how they were going to annex crypto from the SWIFT payment system. They got a, a specific statement from Signature Bank here saying, our repositioning in the digital space will benefit shareholders and clients in the long term. Now, that is the right thing to say, but I do not believe it is true. Let's dive into our next article because we've got some really interesting news prepared when it comes to China and the implementation of a central bank digital currency. So Chinese blockchain giant is going to become a competitor to SWIFT and XLM when it comes to central bank digital currencies and stable coins. UDPN aims to serve CBDCs and stable coins through the incorporation of scalability and interoperability. Now, one of our listeners commented and said, why would anybody use a central bank digital currency? This is a prime example as to why. China is going to give you free money free money. And we just said, there's no such thing as free money. They're going to give you free money to spend their central bank digital currency and then earn additional rewards in the CBDC. So what are they doing? They're creating some sort of a digital economy where you're rewarded for using their currency. So if you're asking why the everyday consumer would start using this stuff, I think that's a prime example as to why. But David, before we get into the details of this article, I'd like to get some of your opinions here. What do you think about China creating a competitor to SWIFT and the fact that we're going to have a narrative of centralized and decentralized blockchains? battling out for control of this industry.
3: Listen, man, I barely trust our government. You think I'm going to trust the Chinese government? Uh, the government that keeps saying they hate Bitcoin and crypto's bad. And then on the back end, they're building a CBDC and using the technology. Um, I, I just, I, again, like, w- what are we supposed to do about it? If you're living in China, in the communist country of China, and you're forced to use their CBDC and blockchain, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. You literally can't do anything about it. Uh, but for me personally, like, like you can't pay me enough money to use any blockchain that that is promoted or created by a communist country, whether it be China or Russia or whatever the case may be. Uh, like I said, I, we, I barely trust uh, our government here in the U.S., let alone any other government outside of it.
0: Gonzo, what's interesting enough is that we are not getting the opportunity to invest in the infrastructure either. Let's say JP Morgan did come out with a blockchain or a, or a central bank digital currency and it was launched on Stellar. At least Stellar holders would have the opportunity to profit by all that new money coming into the ecosystem. That's not the case here. And they've actually stated, this is a private blockchain. You will not have the ability to invest in the infrastructure. That is the worst thing we could hear as a decentralized advocate. What does it mean to you that China's implementing this technology in 2023? Where do you see us going before 2025?
2: Uh, I mean, they're going to continue to make moves, right? They're the first ones that come out with the digital yuan, right? You have this thing. And then we did the story, I think it was last week, where they're trying to be a competitor to Ethereum and do their own smart contact platform. And for them, and like we've talked about this before, like don't get it twisted. Like blockchain is total and complete control, right? And so they're just implementing that tool. They're already controlling their people. They already control the media and everything that happens there. And so this is just another way to kind of do that, right? Whether... They, they build their own smart contract platform. Now they're going to have, they have their own CBDC and then this thing, uh, it's just more control, right. And just giving them more and more control. But like David said, like they don't have a choice, right. Thank, you know, thank God that, you know, we live in this country and that we're going to have a choice, right. That that's why we're doing this. That's why, I mean, that's why I came into the space, right. It was to build wealth and financial freedom so I can go where I'm treated the best. Right. And if that's here, but are we going to have a choice?
3: Gonzo, are mean, we going to have a choice? The, you know, you know what? Well, you know, we know the government subsidized through the largest uh, home lending. You know, Fannie Mae, and Freddie Mac. Right. What if moving forward, uh, you want to pay your mortgage, and Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac is is uh, you know servicing your loan? You got to pay in CBDCs.
1: Correct. That's exactly.
2: W- you what know, you're like it, to it's
3: out. it's endless the possibilities and and the restrictions Unless you have they can enough put money to with,
2: like what the Chinese do and pay off your house outright, right? If you have that wealth, like the wealthy people do, where they go in and they buy a house and they don't need a loan. They just pay it out all outright, right? Well, now uh, how many people can do that? Now what you—that's what I'm saying. Talking. Yeah, exactly. Right, and so that's what I'm saying. Trying to build wealth so that you can do something like that is yeah. what I'm saying. But yeah, but you're yeah, yeah. right. It's not going to be—it's it, not going to be everybody, and that's why we always talk about. Like, and we've all mentioned this before. Like the people that are, are here now in the bear market. This is when you want to be here, right? This is when you want to be doing your own research. When you want to be getting involved and doing your dollar cost average strategy. It's when there's complete max fear, like Johnny always says, right? Uh, my 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 portfolio was down 70%, right? At the beginning of 2022, but I continued to dollar cost average at the right times, bigger chunks. And now I think I'm in, uh, I'm in the single digits now, right? Because I was able to get entries that were way lower and then we move up. And that's why it's important to like stay involved, know what you're doing, create a plan, and then execute that plan. So that when it goes up, right, you can pull profits and then, you know, put those back in and then it grows exponentially.
0: David, and this is some pretty exciting news as well. We talk about how all the world could be a stage, but we've got all the global leaders when it comes to finance coming out and promoting stable coins and central bank digital currencies. We got Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase. We can add Visa to that list as Visa CEO says stablecoins and CBDCs might play a meaningful role in payments going forward. Now this article it's that it didn't have too many meat and potatoes in it. This guy's actually being fired or he's leaving the company in about a week. But what he said is that <laughs> <laughs> what's pretty funny. But what he said is that uh, Visa in its very early days but we'll continue to believe that stablecoins and CBDCs have the potential to play a meaningful role in the payment space. We have a number of uh, we have a number of initiatives currently underway. So we know that Visa is operating in the background. I've got some quotes in this article stating Mastercard and Discovery are also working on the same protocols. What do you believe to be the case are they getting word from the central governments now is the time to roll out the cbdc narrative
3: hell yeah uh hell yeah and on top of that uh you have the stablecoin bill that's floating around they're gonna make it so hard that if you want to essentially issue a stable coin you have to be a bank you have to be an fdic insured bank that's got an account at the fed and good luck trying to get an account at the fed uh, being tether or well circle Mike cuz they got blackrock behind them correct but th- they're literally going to wall off every single usdt, busd, maybe even USDC, who knows and they're going to they're going to give that leeway to companies like jp morgan chase like uh, uh, discover or american express or mastercard or whatever they can each have their own stable coin to settle transaction and payments on their on their platform um and so i, I think stable coin like governance and bill is the next thing to come. And the the people that are going to benefit the most are the banks, the banks, Visa, MasterCard, JP Morgan, Chase, Wells Fargo. The people that are going to hurt is going to be people like USDT. And can you imagine if they, in, in some sort of regulation bill, they say, okay, if you want to operate as an exchange in the U S the stable coin pairs have to be issued from a bank or have to be issued from whatever parameter we set forward. But now, bye-bye tether. You're going to have JP Morgan pairs with Bitcoin and ETH to trade on, let's say Coinbase or or Binance or whatever the case may be.
1: 100%. That's exactly what, you just nailed exactly how they're going to do it. Listen, these guys spent a lot of time getting in position to control the system. They're not going to give it up because of some technology. It's not going to happen. But I think a great question, great question, that's worth talking about from our man Alan Jones here, is what if they don't even, tokens don't matter? What if they don't even use them? They just partner with the companies and create a whole new thing that wouldn't, you know, which then makes us all for nothing. I mean, we've discussed that several times on this show, right? The reality is, do you really even need a cryptocurrency for a blockchain to work? And, and uh, you know, I'll kick it around the room here to see what, you know, I'm curious to see what David thinks. We've already given our opinions on it. But, David, what's your thoughts on that? That's a very important question. Do we need cryptocurrencies
0: I mean, at all?
3: I mean, kind of, right? Uh, the tokens are essentially the gasoline you need to drive the car, right? Um, or else who's going to validate a network, right? Who's going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to set up my ASIC miners, or who's going to, uh, you know, put up 32 ETH, you know, 32,000 or $60,000. JP Morgan. If they're not getting anything in return, JP Morgan, unless you're saying, Hey, in return, you're going to get one of these bank issued stable coins. I just don't know how that would work. Like I'm not a, uh, I'm not a developer. I don't understand the inner workings of exactly how blockchain works on a I guess on a fundamental and technical level, but I just don't see how, how that would work or why they would even entertain that idea unless they're kind of forced to, uh, which, which you know obviously would be would be speculating way too far down the line.
0: And here's my 2 cents. When you talk about, actually Gonzo, I can give you the floor.
3: No, no, no.
2: Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, and the other thing too is that I think we're giving them too much credit that they could build their own blockchain, right? Right. They, they, you know, they still need the people, they need the developers, they need the brain power. And and luckily, a lot of that, uh, a lot of brain power is going to these different protocols, right? They're getting most of the talent, um, you know? And so, yeah, I think we give them too much credit that they're gonna be able to build their own blockchain because it's not as easy as it looks.
1: Well, they're sorry, not gonna sorry, build going. their own, they're not gonna build it, they're gonna buy it. They got more money, they gotta supply money. I'll give you a scenario. So, you could go out, JP Morgan, they, they, they form a triad, all these banks that come together. They they put a ton of money in, then they go and they buy a bunch of validators. They run them. They set them up. They can afford 32 ETH, like a bucket dropping drop in the bucket, and they set up 10, 20, 50, 10,0 10, of them. Boom. Done. Now they're up and running. They control them all. And the in the cryptocurrency, you know, they don't, they don't care about the incentive. They're the ones paying for it. And now you've got a system that theoretically- so a couple
0: of things, things, a couple of things there. That number one, banks are not allowed to issue their own currency. So that's that's um, the number one hurdle you'd have right there. JP Morgan cannot come out and purchase a bunch of validators and say, we're launching JPM coin. They do it privately, but that would never be offered to the public. And that's something, you have a look on your face like you know something I don't, do you? I'm just saying, so what? So they just form a third party. Boom. But they but,
1: uh, Another okay. company, an entity that runs that and creates it, right? And then And then, you know, they-, they There's a solution for everything. And so, yeah, Yeah, there is regulation. Don't forget, they make the rules. Is
0: what I is saying. Interesting enough, interestingly enough, if we listen to the global governments, especially at Davos this past week, we heard so much come out from individual governments around the planet. What was the number one theme of that whole thing? Number one was carbon emissions, but number two was that they need the private sector to drive blockchain development because they can't do it on their own. China said that. The United States said that. The United Kingdom said that. And when you talk about companies like Ripple being offered and joining the Digital Pound Foundation, that is not something a government would do unless they felt it was necessary. They wouldn't give control over to a private company, especially a United States private company, if they didn't feel it was the best move for themselves. So I do think it's a little indicator that a lot of these banks don't even have the capabilities of developing their own blockchain as well as the legal hurdles they'd have to get over before they could purchase validators and launch a currency. Replace the word bank with the word government. Problem
1: solved. Okay. Problem solved.
0: But JP Morgan's not the government.
1: It doesn't have to be JP Morgan. That's my point. Point is, po- point is, to answer the guy's question, it's possible. Will it happen? I don't know. None of us have the answer. Technically, could it be- Johnny? Problem? Johnny just made an argument for Bitcoin, I think.
2: Exactly. exactly. <laughs>
0: okay.
2: I'm like, not a Bitcoin Maxi. A maxi. Don't even start. That
1: I don't need that shit. No, don't even say that. But the reality is, there's no doubt that that's exactly why we want decentralization, right? Because what I just described was literally a centralized system where then there is no incentive. Because if I own all the validators, I don't give a shit if you know I own all the cryptocurrency too. So the question is, you know, what what will? And that's why we know decentralization is under attack, boys. For that reason. And Abs, it is concerning that that system they're creating in China you said, UPN, that, that the public can't invest in that. They can't invest in the infrastructure. Because as you know, our whole strategy, literally our whole strategy has been, hey, we want to invest in the infrastructure that's going to drive Web 3.0 in the next 10, 20 years, right? Now, the reality is you just might not be able to invest in the banking infrastructure because it's probably going to be private. But some of these things that are going to work and coexist with it, like quant, and maybe Stellar, Ripple, or these other ones here, yeah, there's absolutely opportunity for us because some of those are need to be. Quant, you, quant operate, won't operate. We still well.
2: got gaming. We still got gaming. Gala, gaming baby. Too. We got Gala.
0: Gaming's <laughs> a big one. No question about it. We got gaming. As uh, to close us out on today's episode, I'd love to get some thoughts from David on the ISO protocols that are going to be going into effect on March 10th of 2025. Currently, our banking system operates on SWIFT, which is an accounting mechanism that doesn't actually transfer money. These new protocols right here are going to implement the messaging system with the actual transfer of value. And these are some of the compliant blockchains that we're showing on our screen. Quant Networks, XRP, Stellar, HBAR, IOTA, XTC. And of course, one of our favorites, Algorand, is on this list as well. David, I'd love to give you the floor. What do you believe the roadmap is in your personal opinion here? Between now and 2025, we are going to see an implementation of these tokens by central banks. Do you believe a lot of these ecosystems are going to see massive growth from that implementation?
3: Oh, a- absolutely! Uh, and to be completely honest with you, if uh, if you're a believer in the ISO, you know 222, and and you know the whole Swift thing, ABS mentioned, you should have some. And it's not financial advice. You should have some sort of exposure in every single one of these tokens. But here's the thing: we talk about moving away from Swift. Can that happen in two years, where Swift is completely obsolete? It doesn't matter. Everything runs on blockchain and CBDCs, and so that's the other thing too. But you know. Uh, for me personally, my investment strategy, uh, these tokens are, are definitely something I'm exposed to, uh, just as essentially a hedge, uh, n- nothing crazy. Uh, but if they go to zero, I'll be fine, which is what you should do with every investment. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see if SWIFT is still kind of the the way to transfer money and messages back and forth globally in in by 2025, which is the estimate they gave, versus what could it look like with blockchain uh, you know, advancing as it, as it currently
0: is? I'd like to get your opinion on this. One final question before I give you a chance to close this out here. If you had to pick one currency, and you know we're not going to hold you to this. Next time we have you on the show, we'll ask you a new question. But if you had to pick one currency between now and 2025 that isn't Bitcoin or Ethereum or even XRP, for example, what is a sleeper <clears> pick that you or some of your community members are watching in the industry? For us in particular, we can thank Johnny Crypto. We found Quant Networks. Is there anything in your group that you guys have honed in on?
3: Uh, we're, we're pretty big like, I'm, I'm a huge quant guy. And, uh, you know, Robin and I actually had an argument on this on our show. Uh, are you taking quant or are you taking something like, uh, you know, file coin? And I look at over the next, in the next bull run, what is going to be, what's going to be the, the, you know, we had DeFi summer and NFT summer. And then, then the layer ones are pumping and layer twos. What are we going to see in the next bull run? I think CBDCs were already seeing it to the run up of the next bull run and Quant as essentially a layer 0, a software as a service, uh you have their founder uh, uh Gilbert Verdian, he's got extreme like he's got ties with US government, the treasury. He worked on the uh, the Royal Treasury in the UK as well. He was on the secure uh, payments for me-
0: task force for the Federal Reserve as well. So secure payments task force, he led that division, crazy
3: thank you exactly and so if you're thinking about okay what's the next sector to pop off to me it's going to be something like quant but also uh i believe it was johnny crypto mentioned or some one of you mentioned gaming Uh, i think that's a big one yeah uh gaming is a big one uh you know i they're they're estimating it to be close to a trillion dollar market by 2028 and you look at uh what company what blockchain company in gaming is moving it's gala games Uh, We actually had uh, one of their CMO on the show and they had just bought uh, Ember Entertainment. And so they're making their way. I mean, are they going to be the first one to create essentially, I'm not a big gaming guy, but a a AAA game in the blockchain space? Are they going to have their own console? What's that going to look like? So Quant, Gala, and then Polygon and Cardano are my other two. I know Cardano is like slowly turning a wrench, right? But I'm telling you guys, they're doing it the right way. Uh, You saw the hiccup they had with the nodes going down. Everything was fine. Once Voltaire comes, which is the last era of Cardano, once Voltaire comes and Cardano uh, Hydra rolls out, Cardano will be one of the, uh, they can even supplant Ethereum, in my opinion, one of the number one layer ones in the space today. Mark my words.
0: Wow. Bold take. Great way to end the episode. And Johnny Crypto, I got to get your comments here because he brought up something really important, which is a multi-blockchain world and all the different projects that have all this unlimited potential, but Polygon in particular being used as an Ethereum scaling solution. I feel like it's a product that we need to cover more often in our channel. We're always talking about ISO compliant tokens. When you talk about an Ethereum scaling solution, I don't believe there's a better solution in the space. We got 276 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny Crypto, I'm going to give you the chance to close us out. And we didn't get your take on this particular article. Since we have David in the building, let's address this for our last topic. CBDCs could revolutionize global financial systems, says Bank of America. And David, if you didn't know, in the third week of November of this year, Bank of America came out and said they are looking forward to using the XRPL once the settlement is over with the SEC. This is some very positive news. And then just four weeks later, they're putting out an article stating that CBDCs could revolutionize the global financial systems, specifically in America. This is one of the best news we could get to end the episode. I'd just like to get some closing remarks here. We'll end it on a positive note. Johnny, you first, then we'll close it out with David. What do you think about Bank of America and Ripple's connections? And the fact that right after they stated they would use the XRPL, now they're saying they're an advocate for central bank digital currencies.
1: I mean, there's no surprise there. We all know that (laughs) that's where they're going. The question is, what is the underlying rails of fundamental technologies they're going to use for that system? And we want to make sure we're able to invest in that, right? And obviously, we always say on the show, start with the ISO twenty uh, twenty hundred twenty twos. Make sure you got them in your bags. Have some of those. We're not financial advice. Not financial advice. I look at it the way I'm playing this game. Apps is I break it out into segments and I make sure I have a little bit of niche. I want to own some smart contracts. I want to own gaming segment. I want to own the DeFi. Uh, the decks, you want to own a little bit of each one of these segments, and you want to own a couple of horses that are leading the race right now in those sections because we don't know what's going to win. And we don't know, you know, AI is going to be another big play in the next bull and you're going to hear a lot of AI stuff happening there. Um, and so at the end of the day, the way to think about it is, like Andrew always says, take two to $500, you put a little bit in each one of these different baskets, and then you just set it and forget it, and that's kind of how I'm playing. And I think, you know, CBDCs are going to, there's no doubt, that they're going to be a part of the system, they're actually going to bring the, uh, what's the word, the validation to the rest of the world. Because you and I, we talk about this show all the time. People say the word crypto, or let's say Bitcoin, and they think it means all of crypto, right? No, Rogan. Yeah, exactly. And eventually CBDC is going to be synonymous with crypto. And therefore it's just going to raise the whole entire thing of digital currency, crypto. It's all going to become one big word at the end of the day. And that's going to bring some validation to all of it. But for the folks, who are doing their homework now, like us, all of us here in Sin City, and you're starting to pick up these things at three, five, eight cents, someday when they're sitting at $100, nobody's going to believe you that you bought it at three cents, but it can and will happen. There's no question about it.
0: David, before I get your opinion here, I just want to put in this little detail. Earlier this week, we had Bank of America State a Glitch was responsible for showing zeros across thousands of accounts around the planet. And what's really interesting is that in Davos, we know that cyber attacks are the narrative that they continue to remind us of. I do think this is something we're going to deal with in the transition from fiat into central bank digital currencies. There's going to be a cyber attack that tells people we can't use the SWIFT system. We got to use a blockchain. So just to close this out there, that's my two cents. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you on Twitter, YouTube, and wherever you put out content, and then we'll close it out for today.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that. That's an interesting take, man, uh, that you just gave. That's very interesting. Uh, I can definitely see that. I'm more than a conspiracy guy. But anyways, well, uh, first and foremost, I I wanted to thank you guys for inviting me on the show. Uh, You know, uh, Gonzo reached out and I watched a few episodes. I really love the energy of the show. You guys' community is awesome. I know we have a few people in our community here so if you're part of the Sin City community, throw an ola on the chat. So if you see any ola's in chats, uh, that is our community. Uh, but uh, I do have a co-host. His name is Robin. We do a live show Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we also put out pre-recorded content. We film on location. Uh, we're essentially an entertainment-focused crypto show. We bring you crypto information. We have a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we stay engaged with our community. And uh we keep you informed, and uh, yeah, there you go. Our Twitter handle is Sin City Crypto One. And if you head over to our channel, definitely recommend you subscribe, turn your notifications on. And uh, man, I had a great time. I really appreciate you guys coming on. And we'd love to bring uh one or multiple of you on our show as well in the future. Let's
1: do it, let's do it.
2: That's yeah, that'd be great. great.
3: Let's do it. That sounds awesome. Hola!
0: Hola! Hola, let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. go, Awesome, guys. We're going to close this episode out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to David and the whole Sin City crew. We got 258 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to close it out the same way we always do. Warriors, guys. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us.
1: Let's go. go.